And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And God, today, no matter how bound we may feel, no matter how captive our situation may be, we declare right now we are free. Your word says, and we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. And so we don't need a praise team or a great singer to remind us of how good you are. Your word says we entered into your gates with thanksgiving and we came in your courts with praise. So, Father, right now, before we go any further in this message, we want to pause and just say thank you for all your goodness. We want to praise your holy name. There's nobody like you in all the earth. And we give you praise and we give you thanksgiving today. Father, I'm praying that your word would come forth with clarity. I'm praying that you will speak to our situation. Father, I'm praying even now that the Holy Spirit will arrest every demonic spirit and their plans to steal the seed of the word of God. This is your moment, God. We've not come to hear a human being. We have come to hear, thus saith the Lord. Speak now, Father. As our prayer in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Remain standing and go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. Got a chance to tune in last week to Pastor Coxon. And that, that boy can preach, man. <laughs> I mean, Lord have mercy. I found myself listening to that boy this morning. I said, that boy preached. Lord have mercy. And the Lord has given us a theme for the last part of the year called Committed to Christmas. Would you say that with me? Committed to Christmas. And what we are doing is, is we are looking at the lives of individuals in the Christmas story that we sometimes gloss over and don't talk about, who are very special people. There's a reason why they are in the Bible. And we're going to look at their lives and figure out what made them so special that Jesus would trust his birth in their hands. I don't know about you, but I want him to trust me. I want him to trust me. I want him to trust me. I want him to trust me with whatever he wants to do in my life. I want to be trusted by God. If that's your testimony, just wave your hand in the air. Come on, say amen. Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read right now what the Bible says in verse 8. And uh, we're going to read verse 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. The Bible says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch. Underline that in your Bible. That's an important phrase. They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them while they were keeping watch at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for how many, everybody? For all people. Verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. He's not done yet. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Verse 13 says, suddenly, I love that word, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Verse 15 says, when the, how many, how many claim favor over your life right now? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, they just showed up for a few minutes. I love that. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Look at the text, everybody. Verse 16. So what did they do? They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They're not done yet. When they had seen him, they spread the word. Somebody shout spread the word. Concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured it up, all these things, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as been told. You may be seated. Today we want to talk on the subject, the reward of commitment. The reward of commitment. Reward of commitment. We are examining uh, today a concept uh, called commitment. What is the concept, everybody? If I had asked for somebody, that would have been all right. Let's try that one more time. We are studying a concept called commitment. What's the concept we're looking at, everybody? Commitment. The dictionary says this, that commitment is the state or quality of being dedicated. Someone say dedicated. To a cause, activity, or someone. Here's some synonyms for commitment, just in case you don't know what the word means. Some synonyms are dedication, devotion, allegiance, loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity. If you know that we're struggling with this in 2013, we'll be struggling in 14 too, I promise you that. With commitment, um, you can't find committed friends. Some timey people. They're with you today and gone tomorrow. Employers can't find committed employees. They say that as time is progressing in 2013, we're seeing more turnover on the job force. Back in the day, you remember, you worked for GM, Chrysler. You worked 40 years. Get a gold watch. Collect your pension. Right off into the sunset. And the day we're living in now, our generation is so. They won't even get a job. You know, by the way, while I'm here. We have such a spirit of entitlement. That. We, we say there's some places we ain't going to work. So we, we're not committed as people to one another. You see no commitment on the job force to the extent now that employers are no longer looking at people's. By, by the way, a resume don't tell you nothing about nobody. You do know that. You look at a resume and I don't care what I say. Harvard, Yale doesn't say doesn't 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 say a word about character. Hear me now, which is why nowadays people are not hiring anybody anymore based on resumes. That's why there are three and four interviews. Has anybody applied for a job lately? A phone interview, right? (laughs) An in-person interview. 
and then sometimes they'll call you back for another interview. You know what they're doing? They're trying to see character. They can care less about experience and all these, other, all these other things that they tell you that they're concerned about. Why? Because they're realizing now that we have people in our world who are not committed to tasks, responsibilities, and assignments. I would, look, give me a committed person any day before you give me a talented person. Any day. Some of the most talented people in our church are doing nothing. You know why? Because they have no sense of commitment whatsoever. No sense of a word. No sense of, you know, I'll be there and show up. This is the world we're living in right now. And so you got it both in friendships. You also have it on the workforce. And Lord knows we have it in marriage. I gotta tell you how I know that there's a lack of commitment there because people want sex, they don't want marriage. You don't want marriage. People want somebody, they want somebody to please them for the rest of their lives, and the minute that they don't please them, now we're talking about commitment, right? The minute that they see one thing they just can't tolerate anymore, it's over. People are getting divorced over stupidity right now. There's no commitment. Listen, you can criticize the old generation if you want. Give them credit. Give them credit. They may have slept in different rooms, but at least they stayed together. I, I, know, I know we're close. Some of you are saying, well, I'm, I'm going to be happy. I'm not gonna. I hear what you're saying, but give them credit. Only reason why you're sane right now is probably because they didn't split up and they could have. At least they stayed together because they believe that when they made a commitment, they stuck to the commitment. You don't see it in marriage. You don't see it with our children. Some of you have children that have that drive you crazy that have made decisions outside the realm of your expectation and you treat them based on the decisions that they've made you're not committed to your children I don't care if your son tells you tomorrow that he's gay he's your son and you treat him like he's your son if your daughter gets pregnant out of wedlock five times if she can't hold a job and stays on welfare forever She's still your daughter, and you're committed to your daughter because you are supposed, hear me now, it is all about commitment. See, the theme, look at, look at the screens. God gave this to us. The difference between more and less in life is based on commitment. Period. You, you will never get anywhere in life if you, are never, if you are not committed to see something through. I love what the word of God says. The Bible says, he that began a good work in you will finish it. That tells me that God is committed to me. In other words, if he started a good work in you, Willie, he says, I'm not going to back down when you make mistakes. I'm not going to leave you when you don't act like I want you to act. I'm not going to dish you because you're not as faithful as I think you are. If I started it in your life, I'm going to finish it. We don't see. I, 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 I love talking to my young adults and my friends, especially my single friends. You know, you know, they don't want commitment. Nah, they don't want commitment. I, I love my young brothers. And I tell them all the time, and I see them over there, Aaron and all the rest of these young brothers, and Akio, and who else? Gio. Yeah, I'm calling them out today. All my young and all these guys up here. You, uh, uh, Cornell. What's your name? Huh? Yeah, Derek. I see you, Dominique. Guys, Yafet. Huh? Daniel. All of you. Let me tell you something right now. Right, right here, to Branford, let me tell you something right now. And I told the young brothers the other day. If you want to see what a woman is really like, you have to fully commit to her. Right. See, this is what we want. We want the woman to show us all that she is, then commit. You'll never know. This is just, this ain't in my sermon, but I just want to throw this out here. No relationship advice. 
You will never know what you got until you put everything in it. Some of us are standing back waiting for them to show us who they are and you've made no commitment. You won't know until you go all the way in. But the thing is, is we don't want to go all the way in because we're more committed to ourselves than we are committed to other people. We're selfish, period. No committed people. There's no commitment in the church. Let me read this phrase to you. Commitment, let me tell you what commitment is. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do, watch this now, long after the mood of what you said has left you. Is that good? Oh, that's good. Let me read that one more time. Commitment means staying loyal. Somebody shout loyal. To what you said you were going to do long after the mood or your feelings have changed. Now, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But if, if, listen, the only, listen, the only way Sinead going to get rid of me. The only way. She's going to have to kill me. Y'all wanted me to holler today. I'm telling you, this is commitment. I ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. Come hella high water. Some of you are saying, oh, you saying that now. I'm not going anywhere. And she ain't going nowhere either. And listen, I never knew what I had in my life until I went all in. We don't even see that in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, people are committed to the church until they don't like something. The problem, and that's the problem. You were committed to the church and you weren't committed to God. And that's why, as I said before, your most talented people are not up here. Your most talented people are out there, but they lack the intestinal fortitude and the maturity and the commitment to hang in there even though they don't like what's going on. I've learned not to trust my feelings. I can't get nobody to talk back to me in here. I've learned not to trust my feelings. I want to celebrate our I want to celebrate our seniors here today. I want to celebrate them for a minute. Because I mean, because our generation is so wrapped up in doing everything new in the new way, and they never told us they loved us back in the day, and they worked and they provided. Well, thank God they worked and provided. They didn't say they loved you, but somebody Hear me now. Somebody showed up to GM, left home at 4 o'clock in the morning, went to that. They didn't say they loved you. Ah, big deal. But they showed up for 40 years. I know some people that never missed a day of work. We got Negroes in here calling sick, and they know they ain't sick. Quit jobs because they don't like the boss. Can't hold on to a job. Can't hold on to a man. Can't hold on to a woman. Can't hold on to their commitments in church. Why? Because they lack the maturity to say, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm staying there. This is what I want to talk about today. In the first service, we give them all the theological fluff. I speak straight to you. This is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the little things. Committed people are obsessed with little things. As a matter of fact, committed people don't even believe, James, that there is anything, any such thing as little things. That's right. That's right. 
to many people, they don't, there's no such thing as uh, case in point. And I use this all the time. And I'm going to pick on these young brothers again. I got these young brothers. They will all tell you, when you come to my house and we cook, your butt gets up and you go and clean. Without asking. You know why? You know why? My mama raised me that way. My mama said, whatever house you go to and somebody slays and feeds you, you don't sit there on your lazy behind. That's right. Huh? You get your butt up. And you roll up your sleeves, man or not a man. That's right. And you dig in that kitchen. And you and my father, my father would tell me, even if you ain't doing nothing, look like you're working. Amen. Stand in there. Move stuff around. Act like you're doing something. What? Listen, let me tell you what he's trying to teach me. He's trying to teach me commitment. He's trying to teach me that there are no such thing as little things. And what he was teaching me is that in the details is the character building. See, I'm tripping about all these people that want to do it big. They want, they want to get big. They want their album. They want that career. They want to be this. They see this. I mean, I have young preachers come up to me and say, man, man, I just want to, I, I mean, I just, I look for the, for the opportunity when I can get where you are. Negro, the reason why I'm here and you're not is because you're lazy and you don't care about little things. You get up late, you play video games all day, but and, and you, you want to be next level. <laughs> you don't read books. You don't study your word. And all of a sudden you just want to raise up one day and be the guy. Little things. My mama would never allow me to let dishes soak overnight. Why? You know why we let them soak? This is why. Because we didn't want to. We didn't want to grind. We didn't want to. We, we didn't want to get all that macaroni and cheese and lasagna out of the corners of that corningware. We said, let it soak. And listen, I, I've never seen a dish that could not be cleaned immediately. If you're willing to work it out. But here's the thing. I'm just showing you the character and the mindset of many of us is, is I'll do it later. My daddy would wake me up at 4 o'clock in the morning on purpose and say, I told you not to leave dishes sitting. What is he teaching me? That leaving dishes out is a sign that I take little things for granted. What it says about me character-wise is I start things, but I don't finish them. Where y'all at? Are we here today? My wife's got this thing. I'm just going to, uh, practical, right? My wife's got this thing. She's a dentist, right? So she realizes, but mo most of you could stay, look, you got to go to the dentist, right? You got to. Got to. Well, for my benefit, too, you have to go. <laughs> you got to go to the dentist, right? But listen, let me, let me, let me, one of the things, I, every time I go to the dentist, you know what they say to me? You're not flossing enough. Amen. You know what? I don't like flossing. Hate it. You know why I hate flossing? Because it hurts. <laughs> And it's a little thing. No big deal. Yeah. Next thing you know, you go there, they're talking about you need a root canal. Yeah. It's little things. And you know what I'm starting to realize? There is a, the Holy Ghost is in flossing. Well, There's no big deal to you right now. Oh, yes, it is. One day when you got no teeth in your mouth and somebody's got to pay for them dentures. Come on here, somebody. You could have preserved those things. But no, I'm, just, I'm just making a point about how we take for granted little things. There are many of us. <laughs> There are some of us in here right now where our whole lives are preparing for big stuff and in the meantime, we are missing those small things in our lives that matter. As I told the first service, there's a brother, my wife will, will confirm this, uh, in Cleveland Heights, right over there behind Severance, y'all know where I live, right? There's a brother who does the trash, the, the trash guy. I don't know his name yet. 
I love this guy. I stand out, my wife and I, we stand out in the window and watch the guy every day. Not every day. We watch him often. All right? We watch him. And one of the things I noticed about this guy is sometimes, you know, people, animals will get into the trash. His responsibility is this. You put your bag at the end of the street. That's all he's responsible for. He picks up the bag. He takes it in. There are some things you're not supposed to put at the end of the street. He's not responsible for them. But I watch this guy. He goes all the way down the street. People's trash is everywhere. Animals have gotten into it. They've not tied the bags. And in my mind, it ain't your job. That's how we are. That ain't my job. I ain't picking up. I'm not going to pick up trash that's on the other side of the street. My assignment is I handle what I've been asked to do. But see, because, and I knew the brother was saved. I knew that he was saved. When I finally talked to him, I said, hey, man, how you doing? Praise the Lord. I said, oh, only Jesus can make a man do that. You look at, nobody's watching him early in the morning. Nobody's, but he's not doing this for his boss. He's the only guy in his truck, and I watch him. I, I watch him constantly. He picks up folks' trash. He moves stuff when he doesn't have to. And I said, ah, he's learned the discipline of little things. Character is not who you are when you stand up in front of everybody and you preach. Character is, do I spend time with my children? Do not be impressed by what I'm doing now. Ask my wife, am I a loyal and devoted husband? Ask my wife, do I clean up after myself? Oh, y'all not talking to me here today. Now, it's one thing to be messy. There's another thing to be filthy. Understand this now, especially those that are dating. Look at his room. Look at it. If his room... Now, this messy is one thing. Messy is, you know, I, I was tired. You know, I just threw my clothes. But filthy is, another, is a whole other level. Right. Filthy is molded bread. Yeah. You know, French fries that will not decompose. That's under, right. Right. Hear me now. You look at that kind of stuff, and I'm telling you right now, run like Joseph. Why? Because that tells me laziness. That's right. That's right. Character. We're too busy looking for big stuff and not realizing that what makes a person a person, makes them a person of greatness, is not what they do in front, but what they do behind the scenes. Can we talk? Muhammad Ali. He wasn't great. Simply because of what he did in the ring, he was great because of what he did outside the ring. Michael Jordan wasn't great. All these people, Michael Jordan, everybody, you listen, all these people, they have one thing in common. They work harder than everybody else. They take no days off. They don't look at things as little. They don't treat things as minor. They look at their diet. They look at their health. They look at what time they get up in the morning. They look at what they're reading, what they watch on TV. And I'm saying, you know, it's amazing. Some people, man, they're hanging out with me and they're doing anything. I wrote a book. I'm getting my doctorate. What are you doing? You're hanging with successful people and you haven't yet gotten where they are and they can cut corners because they're there. You're not there yet and you're still wasting time. And I'm still hungry. And I'm still hungry. I still want more. And here's what I've discovered. I'm setting it up. There are two levels of commitment. First level is personal responsibility and pride. Some people are committed and will do a good job and give their best in the various areas of life. You know why? Because they're just proud. In other words, you, listen, if I bake a cake and you eat it and you say it's nasty, I'm going to be offended. Why? Because my name on that cake. Don't got to do with the glory of God or nothing. Come on, say amen. If you come to my house and I feed you, come on, say amen. And, or you come to my house, look at my house, say, man, this, look at your lawn. It's horrible. 
Thought you said you knew how to hedge up a lawn. Why? I'm offended because I'm taking it personal. That's the lower level of commitment. Lower level of commitment says I'll do a good job because I don't want anybody to think that I'm not who I say I am. That's right. That's ego. That's pride. That's the individual that says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I want to see if people. Now, the problem with this level of commitment is, is that the minute somebody has issues with how you do what you do, then you get overly sensitive, and you start taking it personal, and then eventually your commitment will stop. Amen. I see it all the time in church. They didn't speak to me. They didn't like me. They didn't look up, they didn't reelect me. They didn't they didn't do this. They didn't do that. And so what happens is that all the commitment that you talked about before is gone now. Why? Because you were never really committed to anything except yourself in the first place. That's right. Are you still with me? Are you still with me today? And so God has not called us. My daddy would say to me, when you leave this house, you're in Edmonds. Don't you bring shame and embarrassment on us. I get what he's saying. But if that's the only reason why, because I knew how to say daddy, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, sir, no, sir, and then go out and act a fool. That's right. When nobody could see me. See, some of y'all, it amazed me, some of y'all know how to be courteous and respectful and make everybody think that you're that person. But the truth of the matter is, is when it comes to the little things in life, you're just as wild as the next person. What, oh, help me now. What ought to drive my life, stay here everybody, what ought to drive my life is a commitment that is greater than myself. That's right. Let me give you an example of this. Bill and Hillary Clinton. Y'all know them? You know who they are? Say Bill was the first black president, right? Y'all know them, right? Can I tell you something about them? It, it's been written, it's been chronicled. You say to yourself, why are they still together? Let's just stop for a second. Why? I mean, I mean, they, 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 I mean they, they are political Christians, but they're not like professing Christians. Why? I mean, ask a question. Why is Bill and Hillary Clinton still together? Why? You know why? It, it ain't, listen, it's not a commitment to each other. It's a commitment to political dreams. They said to one another, listen, Bill, you'll be first president. Hillary said, and then I'll be next. Monica Lewinsky, nothing could rock that relationship. Why? Because they're not in it for love. They're in it for political power. So understand now, your level of commitment will be exposed when difficulty comes. People will be able to tell about your marriage, about your relationships, about your commitment on your job, your commitment in school. They will be able to tell when difficulty comes. Are you really in it for the right reasons? I quit. Why? Did God tell you to quit? No, but they did. You was never committed then. Now, in this passage of scripture, as I work my way to the close, I love what I see. We see the baby Jesus born, <laughs> not in Nazareth, where he should have been born, because that was his hometown. Do y'all know why he ended up in Bethlehem? The text says he ended up in Bethlehem because Caesar said it's time to take a census. It's time to collect taxes. Y'all stay with me now. So because Joseph is a man of integrity, Joseph could have said, my, my wife is full-term pregnant. I ain't going nowhere to no Caesar to pay nobody's taxes. 
Mary could have said, I'm full-term pregnant. I ain't going nowhere with my husband to pay no taxes. But one of the things that you'll discover about each one of the characters in the story of the nativity is that they had a ridiculous commitment that didn't make sense to anybody else. They said, even to Caesar, I'll be committed. Now, the issue with this is, we've got church folk who cheat on their taxes, who lie to get deals. Well, it's quiet in here. Lord, have mercy. See, uh, let me give you an example. Listen, I mentioned this in the earlier service. Some of us are only Christian when the lights are on. Prime example. You, you walk into the grocery store and you're dealing with uh, the person at the counter and, and they've got an attitude and so you jump back, back and get an attitude with them not realizing that as a woman or man of God there could be, God could be doing something in this little thing that you don't even realize. Just yesterday, just yesterday, just yesterday I was at the library working on my sermon. Committed. In it. Don't bother me. Leave me alone when I'm studying. Don't want nothing. I'm, this is sacred time. I'm in the word. I'm telling God this. So while I'm doing that, somebody calls me. We have to meet somebody for the, for the building project. Meet me at the church. I could have said, Orlando, can you go meet him? I could have called somebody else to go meet him. But see, listen, when little things matter, the Holy Spirit says, you go. Now, I want you to understand something here. It wasn't like a voice like, Myron, you go. You know, it was like one of those real spiritual moments. But you know how sometimes you will have that impression from God, that impression, that still small voice. It ain't loud. It ain't real religious. Yes. It's just like, go. Yes, yes. So I went. When I got there, I thought I was supposed to get this guy checked and blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, your boy pins me in the hallway and says, yo, tell me about God. I was in, I was in that hallway for 40 minutes sharing the gospel. Now, here's this. If I would have not listened and said, this ain't no big deal, this ain't no big moment, this ain't nothing serious, I would have missed out, Lord God, on an opportunity that God was trying to set up. I'm going to show you how deep it is. Before this man was born, God had destined that that moment would happen. Before that he came into being, God had destined that that moment would happen. And if I had this ain't a big moment. There's not a thousand people around. And they're not singing Sabbath day. I don't really have to be pastor right now. I just need to handle business. That's how many of us are. See, many of you, you're like schizophrenic. You're like spiritual, but when it comes to business, you're a devil. That's right. That's right. Listen, listen, I want to deal with some of y'all when it comes to business and money. Some of y'all will cut somebody. Not knowing <laughs> that God is working stuff out in the details and like Joseph, Joseph said it don't matter who's doing it I just sense that God is leading me to make this move. Now let's fast forward when Joseph and Mary got to Bethlehem what happened? Mary had the baby now can I tell you something they traveled 80 miles over 4 days to get there full term when she gets there she has the baby now, what you didn't realize is, is God uh, 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 had to relocate them so that the shepherds could reach them. You think certain things don't matter. Why did that person move next door to you? Mm. All right. 
Why that hellraiser on your job get their cubicle next to yours? You run in your mouth complaining and gossiping to everybody else about how crazy they are. Could it be, believer? Don't you believe nothing happens by accident? Don't you believe that all things work together for good? I mean, there's a reason why you're at Case University studying medicine right now. There's a reason why you're doing what you're doing. There's a reason why you are where you are. And for every, this is what I'm, please get this right now. Everything in a Christian's life is holy. Amen. Ooh, this is tough today. There are no, there are, there are no, there are no moments that don't count. Everything counts. Just like the trash man. He says, if they ain't right, they shouldn't be throwing their trash out here like this. But I don't work for them. I work for God. And somebody could be watching him. And say to him, look, and I've been studying you. I've had this happen to me. I've been watching you. You didn't know I was watching. Somebody told me about you. And I heard that when you go to people's houses, you clean up the dishes. Can I tell you how I got to be a pastor? You all know? I was working at camp. A camp counselor had no intention. Didn't really, wasn't really thinking about ministry. Somebody saw me at camp and the way that I worked with the kids in the hot, in the hot humidity of Chattanooga, Tennessee weather, 80 and 90 degrees, doing my job, being on my assignment, doing what I was asked to do, committed to my responsibility. Somebody saw me. They, they knew them. That person knew them. Said, give them a job. Now, let me show you the hookup. If that wouldn't have happened, then I wouldn't have been able to be in Tennessee with Shanae while she was in dental school there at Meharry. Nothing happens by accident. And we think there are moments where it just ain't that deep. I ain't going to be spiritual right now. I ain't going to pray over this. I mean, I told my mama when she goes inside the mall, she prays that God will find her deals. No small stuff. So watch this now. All these things that seem insignificant will come, are ending up in the Bible. Please don't miss this right now. I'm going. I'm going. I promise I'm going. Stay right here with your boy. So Jesus says, I can't let Christ be born in Nazareth, else they'll kill him. Yes. 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 He could not trust his son to be born at home. Y'all missing this. And it ain't changed. Christ cannot trust. The Father cannot trust himself with the church. That's right. Come on. Come on. Watch what happens. So in what we would say is a no big deal relocation, you've got some shepherds. Now, there's shepherds all over Palestine. Why would God come and reveal himself to himself to these shepherds? There's shepherds everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they were doing little things. Right. The scripture says that, <laughs> what's this, guys? The Bible says in verse 8 of Luke 2, yeah. what I'm trying to explain to you right now is your next level, your miracle, your destiny, you know all that stuff that we like to talk now, your purpose, the revelation that you've been believing God for, You know where it is? It's in the little things. Because little things say commitment. 
not big things. So when Christ shows up on the planet, he shows up. This is mind blowing. Coaxum delivered that thing so clearly last week. He entrusts himself to a 17 year old and maybe a 13 year old girl. But what did what was so special about them? He was committed. His wife ended up pregnant by the Holy Ghost. You know, that's crazy. And told him, but he says, I will not leave her. I'm going to stay committed. There was a consistent pattern all throughout the, 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 the birth of Christ where Christ reveals himself to people who are concerned about details. Watch this. The Bible says in verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Keeping watch over their flocks at night. Did y'all catch that? And the Bible then says, Woo! And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The revelation and the, and the exclusive experiences that we are wanting from God do not happen when we are chilling. Uh, people say to me all the time, say, Pastor, I, 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 I'm just praying and waiting on God for him to show me my purpose. Okay, so what, what should I do? I say, you need to stop praying and waiting. Some of us are so preoccupied with what's going to happen down here that God has put some stuff in front of you right here. And God says, while you're doing this, then I'll trust you with more. Case in point, some of my young folk in here, I'm trying to figure out what my purpose is. Stand at that door and usher. Amen. Stand, stand, I don't, oh, that, that ain't my gifting. Stand your behind there and usher. Why? Because when you, God does not give revelation to people who are idle. Yes. See, we're too busy trying to find the custom fit thing that's perfect just for me. But that's not how God reveals himself. God reveals himself when you see a need, you get in that need, and you serve faithfully. Then God reveals you more. If I can trust you as an usher, then I'll trust you to preach the word. Yes, hey. yes. Yes. I'm going to the next level. You ain't going nowhere. Why? Because you, you ain't taking care of this level. Notice what happens. They are committed. I don't got time to get all into the heavy stuff. But the scripture says that, the, that when, when, they, when they experienced this revelation of an angel of God, what were they doing? They were up at night watching. Taking care of sheep. Huh? Huh? Protecting. Careful. Diligent. The most despised responsibility in that time was being a shepherd because it was a nobody's job. It was a menial job. You had to clean up the mess. You had to get rid of the bugs. And, 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 and here's the thing many of us think, oh, well, well sheep, sheep, they're easy. No, sheep are stubborn. Sheep are honoring. Sheep get lost all the time. That's why Christ, when he explains his role, he says, I am the good shepherd. If you want, if you want a symbol of commitment, then look at the shepherd. Shepherds hang in there with the sheep. And Brother Dandridge mentioned earlier, they, they hang with them in the summer, the winter, and the fall. If you were a shepherd, that meant you lived with the sheep. Y'all missing this thing. Amen. Y'all slow to get in this thing. Do you see what is happening here? The revelation of the announcement of the greatest moment in the earth's history did not come to the church, did not come.
come to a preacher, did not come to a prophet, did not come to an apostle. It came to people who were watching and doing little stuff. Oh, I'm going to go deeper now. I can see one of these shepherds cleaning up poop. See, most of you think that God's going to come when we're in here doing this. I'm going to tell you, he ain't coming in these moments. You're too hooked on entertainment uh, and, and these great big experiences. The Holy Ghost will show up when you're the shepherd cleaning up the poop. That's right. Come on now. Come on. Come on. That, uh, well, one brother, I can see him in the midnight hour. He's milking a lamb. No big deal. Uh, I'm sleep. I'm tired. No revelation would have come if they weren't dutiful and faithful and committed to the small stuff in their lives. I hope y'all are getting this today. You are where you are because God can't trust you to go nowhere else. You just show up here every week. Just want somebody. I just want a word. And I'm going to tell you right now. The growth that you're looking for is not going to happen in here. That's right. That's right. That's real. It happens when the Holy Ghost tells you to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and you still ain't doing it. Amen. Happens when the Holy Ghost tells you to floss and you still ain't flossing. Happens when the Holy Ghost says, minimize how much TV you're watching and you still ain't done it. Please, please hear me today. Are y'all seeing this? They were watching. They were dutiful. They were responsible. They were committed to something that nobody cared about. I can cheat. Ain't nobody watching. It's the middle of the night. Guess what? There would have been no revelation of God. I don't know if y'all feeling this thing. Do you realize what just happened there? God said, hmm. Where do I want my son to be received? Yeah. It's his birthday. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Where do I want him to be welcomed and announced? Yes, sir. Hmm, let me go to the temple and see the priest. They ain't ready. Let me go over to Jerusalem and see the church folk. Mm-mm. Can't do it over there. I'm going to look where Herod, Caesar, I'm look all over the world. Hmm, where would he be the most welcome? Put him with dirty, stinking, sheep-smelling shepherds that are committed. You ain't got nothing from God because you ain't committed to nothing. You're lazy. I'm going to preach it like I want it. Take your time. One thing that drives me crazy, James, is a lazy man. I'm going to preach it like I want to today. My father despised. He said, you will not be lazy. What is he teaching me? He's teaching me that character is in hard work and work ethic and faithfulness. Yes, sir. We got some folk in here scared to work. If you're scared of work, you're scared of blessings. Some of you can lift your hands right now and say that the only reason why you are where you are right now is when everybody threw in the towel, when everybody else gave up, you stuck it out. Come on in here. Where am I stuck it out folk in here today? That you hung in there, you weren't the smartest in your class, but you kept showing up and you kept studying. You weren't the most qualified on the job, but you hung in there. You stayed there. You worked. You worked. You're faithful. You were committed. 
All we want to do is praise the Lord. I'm tired of it. Sick of praise. It's time for somebody to work. I'm going to say, no, it's time for us to praise him when we clean the bathroom. Time for us to praise him over those dishes. Time for us to praise him by thinking of others more than we think of ourselves. Sick of it. How is God? And you up here praying, oh God, just give me a revelation. See, Desire of Ages says that these guys, while they're up, and while they're caring for sheep, they're taking turns at night. No one is sleeping. They're laboring in an area of life that nobody cares about. As a matter of fact, James, it was said of the shepherds that they were always unclean. They could not worship. A shepherd could be as a Jew as a Jew, but he could not go into the temple because he was always with sheep. They accused shepherds of being criminals. The shepherds were the lowest on the social strata. And then God shows up. He don't care about nobody's last name. He don't care how much money you give him. He don't care how long you've been in the church. God says, I honor the living. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I don't want to sound angry today, but what, but what, what, this is from the heart of a pastor. I see my people wanting to move ahead, wanting to go to the next level, wanting to do great things for God. And there are needs all around you. Well, I want to go where I'm gifted. You don't know yet. Until you do something you don't want to do. There you go. Now watch what happens here. The scripture says that while they were faithful in little, that God gave them a revelation. Angel shows up and said, look, a savior is born to you. Now, y'all, I need, I need my folk awake in the balcony and wherever you are. You better hear me right now. You are where you are right now. Now, I want to I clarify something. Salvation is without effort. Amen? You don't work your way to be saved. That's not what I'm saying. You're saved by grace. But see, this is the thing that people misunderstand. Salvation is by grace. But growth is by work. Sit up there. Ellen White makes a statement talking about there are people who are, who are waiting for the Holy Spirit. She says, they wait in vain. They will never receive him. Because the Spirit doesn't come by waiting. The Spirit comes by doing. Because what God is saying is, I'm going to look at your life and see if I can trust you. So watch what happens. Here it goes. I love the ending of this. The scripture says that they get this revelation, right? While they're faithful. Then that ain't it. See, that's the thing about God. God never returns investment for investment. For example, if you invest a dollar in with God, God going to give you two billion back. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
It ain't quid pro quo. It's not this and that. No. When we, <laughs> God, so, so they were faithful with sheep. And notice what God does. God says, now I'm going to trust you with seeing my glory. So one angel shows up. And then the text says, then a company of angels show up and have a concert and a praise and worship session in the middle of nowhere with nobodies. Now, y'all ain't heard no praise and worship yet. Some of us think that we got that thing going on. But we're talking about angels. We're talking about folks that can sing several part harmony by themselves at the same time in a key that don't even exist on the piano. Oh, I wish I was there. Michelle, come on, talk to me, girl. Can you imagine standing there? The Bible says they were terrified. And then he says, don't be afraid. He says, and before when I, I tell you what I really want to tell you, can I bless you for it? Can I bless you real quick? Hey, y'all come down here real quick. Let's give these shepherds an experience in God's presence that tastes like what we did in heaven. And the Bible says when they came down, they said, glory to God in the highest and goodwill toward men. Can you imagine being in the presence of men? Angels that never sin that are singing the glories of God. Mike Simons, it doesn't happen with the big stuff. It happens with the little stuff. That's where it happens. It happens down in that kitchen. Uh, My kids were cleaning the other day. And they cleaned like I cleaned when I was a kid. And I'm talking about this boy, this boy Camden is, oh, this boy can clean. Mercy. And so about two days go by. I should have known better because I ran this game too. And then I went into the closet. <laughs> Listen, your boy, your boy's whole room <laughs> was in the closet. But bless their hearts as we began to teach. And uh, we said, so we got this thing now where they're washing dishes. Oh my God. After I chastised them, them little Negroes went in that kitchen and cleaned the mess out of it. And listen, I I rejoice more over that than over A in school. You know why? Because that shows me character. Character, yes, yes. Yes. Let me stand still here. So watch what happens. They get the aim. See, when you're committed, God says, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to give you more. And then what happens? Fast forward. The Bible then says that the angel said, look, we got more for you. You thought this was a show? No, we got more. We're rewarding you for your faithfulness and your commitment. I got a sign for you. You're going to actually see God. He's over there in Bethlehem with his mom and dad. Go find him. Now notice, they did not give him the exact location. You know why? The angels didn't have to. He knew that they were committed enough and faithful enough to not know all the details. They would find him. See, there's some of us, if it requires any effort, if it requires any sacrifice, if our lives have to be altered at all, we're out. All we want to do is show up, lift them up, (laughs) shut up and leave out. You know, it's just ridiculous. You don't want to change nothing. You just want to do what you're doing and go to heaven. It ain't going to happen. And so then, and then what, watch what happens. I see the text right in my mind. The Bible says they go, they see the baby, 
And then he knew that they were going to do this. What they do? What's natural for a committed person? They go spread the word. That's right. I was like, they telling everybody. That's right. See, the problem with many of you is God will not trust you with that kind of revelation because He knows you ain't going to do nothing with it. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. You praying for something that ain't coming until you learn how to be faithful in what you're doing now. Salvation by grace, growth by works. Well, here's the part I, I love. All right, now stand still. So this text says, and I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Now, most of us, you can't tell us nothing when, we, when God reveals something to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just came from a Revelation seminar. What day, what day you worship on? Oh, come here. Child, please. Come over here. Let me talk to you for a second. Oh, I led such and such a choir back in such and such a time. And, you know, the Lord has gifted me. You ain't, you know, it amazes me how people praise God, but they're really praising themselves. Oh, I just want to give God the glory. I just want to praise him for how he's using me <laughs> to do his will. He chose me out of everybody else. And I just bless his name for using me for his glory. Some of us, God, God, God is not going to give it to us because he knows he can't trust us with it. And, you know, especially us, man, we love to grandstand. We love when we get those moments. And, I mean, and the minute you get a revelation from God, you walk in like, you the man now. When you ain't had no degree, you was humble. Yeah, yeah. Amen. When you didn't get that promotion, you was b- believe in God. When you was, when you was single, <laughs> come on in here. <laughs> it's like the minute God blesses us. <laughs> Praise the Lord, saints. God is able, lady. He has blessed your boy. <laughs> now, why the, why the shepherds is, is clear. Watch what happens. See, if some of us would have got that revelation, man, could nobody tell us nothing. Could nobody tell us nothing. But watch what happens here. And this is the ending. This is the last verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his name. Yes, yes. Now, I want you to watch this. In verse 16, put that, on the te- put that on the screen, brothers and sisters, in the media room. I want you to see this. Uh, Luke 2, 16, and we're going to go all the way down to 20. Yes, yes. yes. How y'all doing today? Everything's good? All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, saints in there. God bless your ministry. Waiting on that text. Yeah, Luke 2. Luke 2. How was your Thanksgiving? Good Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. <laughs> go ahead. All right, go on. The Bible says, watch this. I want you to watch this. The Bible says in verse 16, So they hurried off, talking about these shepherds, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. This is what committed people do. God trusts them with revelation, and this is why he can trust them. Verse 18, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, here it is. Here it is. Here it is right here. This is why God could trust them with that gigantic revelation. Now, before I leave this verse, I got to tell you a story. When I was um, in Tennessee, I was pastoring three churches. 
moving fast. You know, people, the church was growing. And now unordained, they asked me to preach at Oakwood's graduation. Let me explain to you what that means. Now they don't go down. They don't let little peons do that. And so all your boy was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, just uh, call my secretary and we'll set up some dates. <laughs> you know, you almost start looking at who invites you to preach now. Uh, see, I preached at Oakwood, so there's only three members at your church. You might want to call somebody else. <laughs> you know, sometimes that stuff happens to us. We start believing the hype. You know what I had to do when I was done preaching at Oakwood in front of 10,000 people? I had to go right back to them three small churches. And honestly, and I'm not saying this, I say this in all humility. I believe one of the reasons why God has blessed me is because I remain humble. Amen. That's true. That's true. That's true. I believe that. Well, first of all, my wife, y'all know Shanae? Listen, she ain't going to let me. <laughs> Listen, I don't care what y'all say to me in here. She will keep your brother in check. But notice this. He could trust me with Oakwood because he knew I wasn't going to believe it and I could go back to them small churches and preach to them the same way I preached in front of 10,000. Hold on, hold on now. So watch what happens here. After they saw angels, y'all not, y'all not hearing this thing. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's just three words I want to read. The shepherds returned. Where'd they go back to? No, 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 no. After, after they saw all that, they should have rolled up inside the temple and said, y'all out, we in. <laughs> so somebody get one little solo, and after that, they told me, I'm going to be praise team leader. <laughs> Only reason why they clapped for you is because they, they were proud that you had the courage to stand up there. <laughs> the revelation came to them because God knew that I can trust them to go back and be committed to what they were doing before can you imagine that seeing and living in the presence of angels and then after all that hype and glory going back to dealing with the poop and the, and the grime and the stinkiness of sheep but they didn't care because they were committed. I'm ready to make an appeal now. Commitment is what God is calling us to. And if he can't trust you in tithes and offering. Stop praying for financial blessing. Commitment is what God's called you to. If he can't trust you on treating your wife like you're supposed to now. I really believe that. I believe that God will hold me back from anything I aspire to if I start mistreating my family. 
But see, some people ain't no big deal. My family and my pursuit of what I'm trying to do are two separate things. No, they're not. God's looking at every single thing you do. He's looking at how you treat people at days. He's looking at how you handle yourself at Walmart. He's looking at how people, uh, how you handle business when people try to get over on you. He's watching everything. And why? remember what I said. Salvation is by grace, but growth and revelation comes by effort and being faithful in little things. For some of you, God told you be in your word. Study. Pray. Nothing. There's no magic wand going to be waved over you and you're just going to get spiritual one day. It requires effort. Nobody. At least I thought I did. I mean, I remember I did Insanity, like the video. Listen, we were talking about this earlier. The minute I saw one little rip... I mean, it was little too. I mean, when I saw one little crease in the, I said, oh, it's day 45. I know I'm supposed to do 60, but I'm good. (laughs) When you are committed, there are no such things as little things. You believe in being on time. You believe in keeping your word. You believe in treating everybody the way you want to be treated. Come on in here. You believe in serving and helping wherever there's a need. You're not too big. You know, in some church, I'm not saying this is our church, but I know in some churches, the people that like are in the choir, you know, you don't never see them doing other stuff. People that are up front, they begin to believe, oh, I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm all right. You have got to get to a point where you realize you are a slave to him. And wherever there is a need, that's where God calls you to be. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. You are calling us to deeper commitment. And the difference between more and less is based on how committed we are to the so-called small things in our lives. If you agree with God's word, I want to invite you to stand right now. If you agree, if you just simply agree with what God has said. Now, here's my appeal today. Holy Spirit, move right now. Holy Spirit, break strongholds right now. Holy Spirit, this is what we have prayed for at 6 o'clock this morning. This is the moment that we have been waiting for. For someone, it's it's just a small thing to come down, to get out of their seat. No big deal. But God, you are a God of the details and the little things. And somebody needs to make a commitment to you today, my father. But I know that the enemy right now is giving them all kinds of reasons as to why they should not. But I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will come against the demonic spirit that will cause somebody to stay where they are when you are calling them to greater and to more. All over this place, begin to call on the name of the Lord right now and ask him, what is it that God is asking you to do? What commitment is God calling you deeper to? What are those things in your life that you have been ignoring and treating as small stuff? And God is saying, I just want somebody to hang in there. Listen now. The word did not come. The revelation did not come to the, to the, to the uh, shepherds when they first started their job. 
It may have come from many of them 20, 30 years later, but I promise you this. Oh, I promise you this. If you remain faithful where you are, your blessing is on the way. Honey, you can't give up now. You can't throw in the towel. Some of us have given up too soon. You are too close. Stay with it. Hang in there. Hang in your marriage. The change is coming. If God has not called you to quit your job, you stay there until God tells you to move. Now I want to ask a question.